I'm Cassidy Hayes with Hayes Farms, HF Genetics, and Double H Cattle in Port Lavaca, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We've got another episode of Texas Ag Today ready to roll for you. So why don't you jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, USDA has increased the size estimate of the U.S. cotton crop for the last four months in a row. And if you're in the Texas cotton industry, you may find that a bit hard to swallow, given that half the nation's cotton crop is here in Texas and the disastrous year we had trying to grow a crop last year. We'll have more on that, plus the cotton price outlook for 2023 coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture, from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. We'll recap Inauguration Day at the State Capitol and have the governor's and lieutenant governor's priorities for the Texas legislature. I'm Tom Nicoletti. I'll have more on Texas Ag Today. For growing a successful crop, getting the season started with good emergence is important. But what is good emergence? I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, you'll hear what the folks at Precision Planting have to say. This is James Duncan and Marshall. East Texas producers in livestock and produce growing are all smiles from all the outlook reports. All we need is just the cooperation of the weather. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Some cotton market watchers are still having a hard time accepting the recent USDA increase in the size of the U.S. cotton crop. Market analyst O.A. Cleveland is one of those. I had thought the estimate would be lowered somewhat, much less increased. Uh, and I base that on the what we could run on percentages of bales classed versus the estimates. And as late in the season as these increases are coming, that does puzzle me. If, if it was a big crop and we knew that the Texas gin yards were full of uh, modules or round bales or whatever, it would be easily believable. But it's it's tough to buy, but uh, I've been burned before by second guessing, and I'm sure I will be again. So I'm just going to go ahead and accept their numbers for now. USDA's latest estimate for the U.S. crop is 14.7 million bales. So what effect will that have on the cotton market for this year? Texas A&M cotton marketing specialist John Robinson says he doesn't see much change in prices ahead. I would expect a continuation of prices kind of where they are, which is lower to mid-80s currently, with the possibility of typical in-season price volatility around uncertainty of how much are we planting, what's the weather like, what did that storm do last week, that sort of thing, hurricanes when we get later in the season. 
And so the long and the short of it is what I'm expecting is prices probably in the 80s with the possibility of them bouncing, you know, volatile fashion into the 90s or so uh, on any concern about uh, crop growing conditions on a small planted acres base. Early acreage estimates for the 23 cotton crop are now coming in, and there seems to be a big range in acreage possibilities. A closely watched published estimate is from Cotton Grower Magazine based on kind of informal survey of people in the industry and growers. They're projecting 11 million. My kind of pure economist's method of projecting acreage based on relative prices would suggest much lower, like around 9 million. So that's that's quite a difference. So I am intent on seeing some of these early milestone reports that'll be coming out, beginning with the Cotton Councils in their early February. I'm really curious to see whether their number is closer to the 9 or closer to the 11, because It'll make a difference to the market sentiment, to the sort of the panic mode, the weather market dynamic, and the possibility of really volatile higher prices, but volatile prices in the middle of the growing season. That'll get jump-started by the estimates we have of planted acreage. That National Cotton Council acreage estimate that Dr. Robinson referred to will be released in a few weeks during their annual meeting in Dallas. The Texas legislative session is off to its typical slow start. But Tom Nicoletti tells us this past week's inauguration day will help to get things rolling. My guest today from Austin is Charlie Leal. He is Texas Farm Bureau State Legislative Director. And Charlie, inauguration day at the state capitol uh, just occurred before everything really gets uh, moving in the, the House and Senate. In his uh, inaugural address, Governor Greg Abbott listed his uh, priorities for this session, property tax relief being one of them, education, and a focus on infrastructure that included the power grid, state roads, and the state's water supply, given this past year's record drought. And then, of course, uh, the lieutenant governor also uh, took the oath of office, and he had remarks for the crowd on hand. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick also focused on education, took it a little further as well. Given the state's record budget surplus, he focused on providing property tax relief and specifically mentioned increasing the homestead exemption from 40000 up to 70000 And certainly uh, property tax relief for both state leaders high on their priority list, and that's certainly something that uh, Texas uh, ranchers and farmers are uh, quite interested in as well as the session moves forward, right? Absolutely. Property tax rates have been on the increase for many years. Given the state's economic status and where we are now, now is a really great time to look at that and see what relief can be provided to property owners across the state. Charlie, another state leader was also uh, re-elected to his position. Texas House Speaker Dade Phelan from Beaumont, who's now serving his fourth term as state representative, was elected to his second term as Speaker of the Texas House. That is Charlie Leal. He is Texas Farm Bureau State Legislative Director. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Getting good emergence is a good way to start a crop. James Hunt looks at what good emergence actually means. The ag technology company known as Precision Planting held a conference in Amarillo recently to talk with farmers about equipment and strategies. A key topic was emergence. Caleb Stuber, regional manager for Precision Planting, talks about the importance of good emergence. We want every plant to come out of the ground within 24 hours of each other, right? That whole field to emerge. When it's been planted one day, 
I don't want some seeds coming out today, some coming out, you know, a week later. Even as we look at crops like corn that respond very, very strongly to emergence, once I get a leaf collar behind, you know, there's a lot of research out there that will show you that that ear on that corn will be half the size of its neighbors coming out 24 hour-ish, somewhere in that range where we're getting to be a leaf collar behind. If I can get two leaf collars behind where that corn emerges even later, I basically have a weed out in my field. I have a plant that is taking water, it's taking nutrients, and it's giving me nothing back. And Stuber says while there are products to help farmers resolve emergence issues, the first step is good maintenance. We offer free maintenance guides for both planters and, and air seeders for growers to go out and look what exactly do I need to do and why do I need to do it? You know, and how does that connect itself together? From there, then it's we're looking at row cleaners, downforce systems, closing systems. All of those are directly affecting the emergence of a plant. To learn more about what Precision Planting has to offer, visit your local Precision Planting dealer or go to precisionplanting.com. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. East Texas farmers and ranchers have a good outlook for 2023, as long as Mother Nature cooperates. James Duncan has an update from Marshall. Beef herds in East Texas have been called to the bone. I mean, they have cut down in 2022, and 2023 looks to be a greater year for those producers. If we can discontinue with the outlook of the increased prices, the opportunity for those that were able to survive is going to be good. The herds not only have been reduced in number, but the more productive mama cows and calves should be weaning heavier weights. That will boon well for our beef producers. Profit is on the rise, hopefully. We're in good uh, condition as far as weather is concerned. Spring looks like it'll be a good hay year. And then we move to the produce areas. Our peach trees are getting cold and uh, other growers are just looking for time to plant. That's all we're waiting on. Looking for a good produce area in the farmer's markets. Fresh produce is always saleable in East Texas. So we're going to be uh, very, very well satisfied in 2023 if everything continues as it is right now. This is James Duncan in East Texas for Texas Ag Today. When is the best time to start controlling feral hogs on your property? I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And newborn calves can benefit from chemical stimulation. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. 
Newborn calves can benefit from chemical stimulation. Dr. Bob Judd says this is especially true for calves that had a troublesome delivery. Just like caffeine stimulates our system when we drink coffee in the morning, caffeine can also be used to stimulate newborn calves. Veterinarian Dr. Nathan Uphall with TechMix indicates at Drovers.com that we feel the effects of caffeine so quickly because it is absorbed in the mouth and can stimulate the cardiovascular system. Depending on the medication, the oral mucosa is a shortcut for absorption that can stimulate the heart and lungs. Human medical doctors have been using caffeine to stimulate breathing in premature infants for decades, and newborn calves can benefit from the same treatment. Calves that are born from a difficult birth are commonly lacking of oxygen. and this situation, as well as calves that are cold or recovering from an illness, can benefit from caffeine stimulation. Caffeine jumpstarts dull and lethargic calves by blocking the effects of adenosine, which is a chemical in the brain that causes generalized depression. Calves with low oxygen levels have a difficult time absorbing colostrum as well. Dr. Sheila McGurk from the University of Wisconsin indicates one method of giving calves caffeine is by giving them one bottle of an energy booster, like 5-hour energy orally, which provides 100 to 200 milligrams caffeine. The other ingredient in these 5-hour energy drinks is green tea extract, which is considered to be safe for animals. Another option is a supplement from TechMix called Calf Perk. It delivers a caffeine boost by coating the tongue and the roof of the mouth, increasing body temperature, and increasing respiratory rate. Consult your veterinarian about using caffeine in newborn calves. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Wild hogs are a year-round problem here in Texas, but when is the best time to start a feral hog control program on your property? Jessica Domel tells us the best time is any time you see them. Feral hogs, or wild pigs, are a big problem in Texas. But how big of a problem are they? Zach Davis, Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Agent for Hill County, joins us with more. Uh, they're a big problem. Uh, millions and millions of dollars worth of damage. 99% of Texas counties have a feral hog population. There are an estimated 2.6 million feral hogs in Texas. The only county that does not have any noted feral hogs is El Paso County, but no one really knows why they're the exception. As we've mentioned on previous episodes, there are several methods to control feral hogs, including trapping, hunting, and using toxicants. But when is the best time to start utilizing these methods? Ideally, it would be if you see them and you don't want them, either apply the pressure to go ahead and push them out or remove them uh, permanently. But yes, I think there's a lot of instances where folks have feral hogs but don't know it because they haven't seen them yet. Some signs you may have feral hogs are extensive rooting or digging, muddy wallows, tree rubbing, tunnels and trails leading through thick vegetation, hoof prints in the mud near water sources, and scat. They'll damage landscaping, golf courses, cemeteries, pastures, and crops. It's a statewide issue. It's not just an ag issue. It traverses every aspect of life from our watersheds, the impairments that, that we can have there, to our neighborhoods, to transportation. And so it's not just an ag issue here. It's a whole Texas issue. That was Zach Davis, Extension Agent for Hill County. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. 
Time to check the markets. Jessica will be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas A&M Forest Service is helping to protect lives, property, and livelihoods from wildfire. Dangerous wildfire weather conditions in the state can look like just any other day. Hot, dry, and windy. But a specific mix of weather factors can be conducive to a devastating wildfire outbreak. Learn what to look for. Listen to officials. Evacuate early. Your actions could help save your life, property, and livelihood. For more information on wildfire weather warnings, visit dicc.tamu.edu. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle and grain markets recovered Friday after closing lower on Thursday. Analysts say the cattle complex likely recovered due to a positive weekly export sales report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. February live cattle up 67 cents to 156.62. April live cattle up 80 cents to 159.92. June live cattle up 57 cents to 156.57. January feeder cattle fell 17 cents Friday to 177.92. March feeder cattle up 87 cents to 180.97. April feeder cattle up 62 cents to 185.77. Choice boxed beef rose 19 cents Friday to 271.70, but was down nearly $5 for the week. Select rose $1.47 to $257.16. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Neighbor, I'm Larry Marble. This is Walking the Pens. You're listening to us on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Carl Herman and family from Caldwell Livestock Commission Company sell every Wednesday. Carl, how did this week's sale turn out? You know, we had a good sale yesterday, uh, Larry. We had over 800 head of cattle for 133 consigners and 47 buyers on a steady cow market and calf market. Uh, we had 100 cows and bulls yesterday. Slaughter cows, 30 to 90. Slaughter bulls, 86 to 102. Stalker cows, 680 to 1,200. And no pairs. On the calf side, on the steers, two to three weight steers, 175 to 235. Three to four weight steers brought 181 to 242. Four to five weights, 180 to 235. Five to six weights, 170 to $2. Six to seven weight steers, 160 to 180. And the seven to eight weights brought 135 to 151. On the heifers, two to three weight heifers, 150 to $2. Three to four weights, 175 to 217. Four to five weight heifers, 165 to 205. Five to six weight heifers brought 158 to 182. The six to seven weights, 153 to 173. And the seven to eight weight heifers brought 136 to 152. Uh, really had a uh, really good set of calves yesterday, and uh, 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 they brought well. So uh, uh, we look forward to next week. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you for the next sale. Okay, my number is 979-820-5349. Call the barn, 567-4119. If you're in the Giddings and surrounding area, call Max Ebner, 540-8677. Carl, we appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, sir, Larry. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. Lean hogs also rebounded Friday after closing lower on Thursday. The market was boosted by a positive weekly export sales report from USDA and higher pork cutout values. February lean hogs up $1.17 to $77.82. April lean hogs up $1.32 to $85.72. Block cheese fell 9.5 cents Friday to $1.83. Barrel cheese fell 5.5 cents to $1.58. January Class 3 milk was up a penny to 1946 a hundredweight. February Class 3 milk was down 8 cents to 1822 a hundredweight. Cotton was sharply higher Friday after USDA released its export sales report and thanks to some gains in the energy complex. March cotton up 331 points to 86.70. May cotton up 320 points to 87.06. December cotton up 235 points to 84.67. Corn was lower Thursday as good weather is expected in Brazil and Argentina, which could help the developing crops there. March corn down one to 676 and a quarter. May corn down a quarter to 674 and a half. September corn down a half to 610 and a half. March hard red wheat rose 16 Friday to 848. May hard red wheat up 13 and three quarters to 841 and a quarter. July hard red wheat up 12 and a half to 835 and a half. March soybeans fell eight and a quarter Friday to fifteen oh six and a half. November soybeans fell twelve and a half to thirteen fifty two even. February natural gas fell twelve cents Friday to three fifteen. March natural gas down nine cents to three oh two. We saw crude oil rise again on Friday due to word that COVID cases in China were on the decline. February crude oil up a dollar seven to eighty one forty. March crude oil up $1.16 to $81.77. The Dow rose 190 points Friday to 33,234. The S&P 500 up 52 points to 3,951. The Nasdaq up 226 points to 11,079. That wraps up this look at the markets and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.